episode of Vibes. Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast, brought to you by NBA 2K23. And shortly, it'll be brought to you by NBA 2K24. Exciting things have been happening behind the scenes. I'd like to, first of all, thank NBA 2K who support this show and make it possible for us to bring it to you. I want to say every day, but we took a little break. We're going to talk about where I've been in a minute. Um, but right, BJ, right. once again, as always, I'm Omutsi, joined by the one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, how you doing? Uh-huh. It's, it's all love. It's all love, Mo. You know, it's that summertime love, you know? <laughs> for real. It's all love. It's all good, you know? Heading out to Vegas here in a couple of days. So, just, you know, okay. go check out everything. So, first and foremost, let's take care of business. Uh, before I tell you where I've been, today is a very exciting day because NBA 2K have announced the cover for NBA 2K24. Mm. And given it being 2K24, it's only right that the late great Kobe Bryant is honored through the cover of NBA 2K24. There are a few different editions, the Kobe Bryant edition, the Black Mamba edition. Uh, the artwork is super cool. You guys can see that on social media and whatnot. Um, but yeah, shout out, to, shout out to 2K, honoring Kobe with his own series of covers for this year's game. Obviously, last year was 23, honored Michael Jordan. This year's 24, honoring Kobe Bryant. BJ, do you have a Kobe story for us? Have you got one memory that really sticks with you about the great man himself? What you know? What what I remember most is, you know, he came into this league as, you know, he wasn't the first high school, you know, player that came straight from high school to the NBA, but he was one of the players who came in as a young player, and he left as one of the greatest players of all time. Mm -hmm. And to watch his progression over the years and watch his maturity. And, and, and the thing that, that I remember most about him is very rarely do you get a chance to see this. You watch someone grow up, right? You watch someone go from high school to, you know, the, the, to, you know, he, he's, he's a young adult. Then he goes into, you know, his career. Then you watch him get married. Then you watch him have kids. Mm -hmm. You watch him retire, you know, I, you know, I, I spent over half of his life just watching him grow up right in front of me. Yeah. And, and that, that was, that was like really, it was really cool. Cause you know, you, you know, it's very rarely you get a chance to just follow someone's whole story, you know, yeah, or a significant part of their story and his story played out right in front of all of us to see. So um, you know, what I remember most is, you know, I know there's a lot of stories here. Many of those stories, you know, I I I I I'm probably from a different generation, right? You know, when you when you know someone, it sits a little different. It's like, you know, if someone's telling me stories about Mo, you know, I'll I'll think of the times, you know, of you and I when we had late night dinners when we were in Sam. remember when we met in San Francisco yes. we were walking around there yeah you know, those are stories yeah, that yeah. I prefer to keep yeah. to myself you know <laughs> what I mean those <laughs> are... we went for dinner in Boston and we convinced yeah, the waitress yeah. that I was an NBA player <laughs> yeah yeah so those are things that 
I would prefer to keep to myself. And that's how I knew yeah. Kobe. You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm not respect. trying to like Yeah, respect. Yeah, I'm not trying to like, well, are this you know what I mean? Like well, like I mean, like know a, someone, a, a, a particular game, you know? like a particular game where like if you had to show someone who's never seen Kobe Bryant before one of the games from his career, which game would that be? Well, he had so many games, you know, I, I think the one game that really, I mean, there was a stretch. There was a stretch here that I, it's one of the greatest stretches that I've seen, that I've seen, right? You know, you've heard about players, but he went through a stretch here where he scored like 40 or more points over a stretch. Yeah. And for like a whole month. Yeah. It was like, it was like, it was like he averaged it, like something like 35 or something for you, whatever it was. It was yeah. crazy. But he just scored 40. I, it, it had to be like, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know the specifics, but it seemed like, you know, 10 or more games, so like for a whole month or something. It, it was mm. just, it was unbelievable to watch him score like four. It's like you're coming to the game now and you're like, okay, whoever has him, all you have to do is hold him under 40 and you did a good job. <laughs> and no one could do that. And it was really cool because, you know there were players and teams trying to shut him down, and he was that. So and and that was in a low scoring era. Like now we talk about how this is a high scoring era, but no one's out there putting up forty every single night, you know. And that was an era right. where that you got yeah. games finishing with eighty points for an entire team. Yeah, I mean he was just an incredible player. I you know it look. I'll always in you know, certain games I'll always remember. I remember him as a rookie shooting air balls in the playoffs yep. and losing the game. And I thought, wow, that kid has a lot of confidence. Mm. You know, that was like his first. So like, there's like things you'll see and you'll be like, okay, I'm going to really watch this kid. I, re I remember I was happened to be watching that game. And I thought, who is this kid that has this much confidence to shoot an air ball in the playoffs? Shaq's on the team and he's going for it. And I was like, and I was like impressed by that. You know, it wasn't like, you know, I didn't take it like he was some cocky kid. I was like, wow, that's a lot of confidence for a young player. Yeah. And even though he missed him and he came so back strong, just like, yeah, he came back. So he wasn't afraid to fail. I just, there are certain games that I, re, you know, I just remember, you know, I like think that. Or, for yeah. me, it's the game, the iconic one where he tore his Achilles and he stayed on the court to shoot those free throws. We were just like an ice cold look, like nothing is going to stop me. Like that's yeah, just, he's just super. Because you know, if anyone's ever torn their Achilles or even been in the gym when someone's torn their Achilles, first of all, it sounds like someone's been shot because when the Achilles snaps, it's like a pop, and the pain that it is is just insane. So for him to do that oh, was just yeah. superhuman. Um, yeah, there's so, there's too many stories. There's there's too many, and you know this is the Kobe year, twenty twenty four, two K twenty four. We'll get into those in due course, but we've been away for a little bit. BJ, you want to update with the people with? What you've had going on besides from the legendary barbecues? Well, you know, I've been doing a lot of cooking, mode, you know, just experimenting on the grill, you know, nothing like <laughs> nothing like a guy out with an open fire and barbecuing and just cooking, you know, you're just cooking for no reason. You're not hungry. You're just cooking, you know, you just you're just cooking whatever's out there, you know. So that's been a lot of fun. Yeah. You know, celebrating the, you know, you know, the 4th of July, which is Independence Day. Do you do fireworks? Not personally, but yeah, there's fireworks in the city and da-da-da for the for the kiddies and all of that stuff. So you do that. <laughs> A little holiday here in America. Um, had the draft, got through the NBA draft. 
Yep. Um, our company had like four, don't ask me who, we had like four or five guys that got drafted in the first round. Um, then we had free agency. Yep. You know, our good friend, you know, Derek Rose um, signed with the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I heard. And I there heard. were a bunch of moves. I, right? I heard. Yeah, I heard you, about that, but I didn't hear about yeah, that Yeah, you. you yeah. I heard about that Yeah, yeah, you heard about time. it. Yeah, you I, heard. Mean, I mean, I thought yeah. I was going to hear about it first, but I must have been mistaken. Because yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, on this show, a... I was told I, I would hear about it first, but. You know, yeah, I, I did too. Well, I did too. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll get you next time. You know what I mean? We'll, we'll get you next time. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, there's a lot of movement, and now I'm headed to Vegas for the summer league. You know, the Wimpenyama, yes, train is here. It's arrived. It's yes. it's in the states. the The hype machine has started. Yeah. You know, so watching, um, had a chance to watch. You know, I watched Chet Holmgren the other. Oh, he he's pretty been, good. He's been cooking. Speaking of cooking, he's yeah. been cooking. You know, he's yeah, been looking, crazy he looked good. good. Put on some size. Brandon Miller play. Yeah, Brandon Miller struggled play, a little yeah, bit right. to start, but he found it in yeah. fourth quarter. He yeah. found it. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's early after after one game, he's already struggling. You know what I mean? Like let, let the kids settle in a little bit, figure it out, and um, so yeah. So I'm headed to Vegas for a couple of days, check out some games. You know, you know, do some things. You know, do it. Do a little a little recon work, see what's going on, you know, see who's going to do what, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then before we know it, Mo, hey, hey we're back, you know, yes, we'll, we'll be yes, we'll be back back in the forefront. So, I, I mean, you've been cooking on the barbecue. I've been cooking up in different ways. I took a... <laughs> <laughs> Would you care to explain, Mo, what you've been cooking? <laughs> I, I took a little trip to Paris. I gave you a little preview of what was on the menu last oh, time you were on God, the show. Oh God, you did it! I couldn't believe it. I said. Hey, you know, Mo. Um, yeah, I could just all I can tell you is good luck. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> I mean, I took a little trip to Paris. Um, I hosted the Jordan Brown Basketball Design Studio. It was a really cool event. We unveiled okay. the Zion Three, Zion's new sneaker to the world. Okay. My boy Zion was in town. Chopped it up with him for a little bit. All right. Shout out to Zion. Shout my, out to, to Zion. How's Zion doing? You, he's he's good. He's, he's good. He's good. He's <laughs> good. <laughs> great time in Paris. He's good. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, my boy Jason Tatum was in town. He's okay. good as well. We chopped it up too. He's good. My okay. boy Luka Doncic was in town. Okay. We chopped okay. it up too. And uh, we, okay. we welcomed the homie Gabby Williams from the WNBA who just signed with the Seattle uh, into the right, Jordan family. That. Yes. Okay. And were um, you were you judging the duck contest? I saw. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I, that was okay. just right after the event finished. Right, so I had it was about a six hour event, so I had to memorize a oh, lot wow. of lines. Uh, hopped up on the stage. They invited the world's press. We had press from China, from Europe, from Asia, Africa, United States, wherever it might be. So um, okay. it was pretty fun. It's pretty crazy for me to be in front of, you know, the whole world's press and have mm-hmm, these amazing mm-hmm. athletes. And we had like the designers of the sneakers there who gave a great insight into the technology that's powering the future of innovation. So I had a great time. Um, I had a great time, but there was something missing. I missed saying, you know, the vibes. Welcome back to the show because we've not done a show in so long. Today, some people were complaining that they had to go and listen to the Ringer podcast because we hadn't dropped an episode in a while. So to you, I apologize. Oh. Apologize you had to go through mm-hmm. that. But we're back. Don't worry. Um, we will be back today. We're going to do a super bumper episode, ca- recapping all of free agency and the trades. Okay. okay. And then I'm going to disappear for a week. 
to an undisclosed mm. location where I will not mm. be taking my computer or my phone mm. and mm. I will be on Are you beach. cooking again? Are you cooking? Um, Are you cooking? I will be cooking because where I'm going, the temperature is up over 100 degrees and I'll be in the ocean. I'm be in the pool. I'll be in the gym because, you know, I'll stay on oh, point. Okay. I'll be in the okay, gym. Okay, okay. I'll be at a smoothie bar. You know what I'm saying? Oh, a little okay, juice. Okay. You know, I'm trying to healthy living. Uh, just so I can come back better than ever for you guys, because it's been a tough season. You know, it's been a it's been a tough season for your boy. So a little right. a little week to recharge, and then once I'm back, we'll be back to regular scheduled program. So okay. apologies to okay. all of you guys who have missed out on us doing our thing. Um, all right, well, I'll be here. I'll just be waiting on you, Mo. You take your time. I, I mean, I'll you're in Vegas, so you're you in Vegas. I'm not quite in Vegas. You know, I'm I'm, I'm off the clock, so you're gonna have to tell me everything I missed. I'm not going to see okay. any of it. I'm, this is the first time okay. ever in like 15 years that I'm not going to see any of it. So, so oh, I'm relying right. on you. So what okay. we're going to do today is we're going to break down every single team's moves. Okay. I've got a list here. It was updated three hours ago. And since then, we had another move. Do you want to talk about that one first? There's sure. a three-team trade between Boston, the Spurs, and the Dallas Mavericks in which Grant Williams will be signed and traded to the Dallas Mavericks. The Celtics get more second-round picks. I don't know what Brad Stevens has going on with his new obsession of second-round picks. And the Spurs will be getting Reggie Bullock and an unprotected pick swap in 2030, which you know could prove to be very, very valuable should Luca leave the Dallas Mavericks. So let's go through this list before we get into that trade. Um, this is on NBA.com, so I'm hoping it's a comprehensive list. Um, it's just loading right now, loading the transaction because there's been so many moves. BJ, is there one that surprised you the most before we get into the list? Well, you know, more I, I I'm probably past the surprise stage of my. Of I can my imagine. Life, so yeah. I, I yeah, you know, you, you've I, I've seen a lot of these trades. You know, I I at some point here, you know, you just I just wish they would say you you can trade and sign players whenever you can. You know what I mean? Like, what are we waiting for? Like, so we'll go through this list, BJ. We're going to talk about each of these moves and how they affect that team. So we're going to start with the Hawks, right? And the Hawks obviously gained Rudy Gay in the trade involving John Collins. So we're not going to talk about the Utah side of things. We're just going to talk about the Hawks, why they made this move and how it affects them. What did you think of this move when you saw it? Well, I, my initial reaction was it was a transaction where they wanted to get the contract, you know, Collins off the off the books. Mm-hmm. You know, they this is a team that's, you know, they have Trey Young is already on a max deal. And now I'm sure figuring out what they're going to do with Deontay Murray and then Collins and so forth and so Capella, on. Capella, DeAndre Hunter, there's rumors about yes. all of them. So, yeah, so I think this was figuring out how to move a contract, not trying to get much back in return, at least have something where you can say the years will be shortened so that they can make other moves potentially in the, you know, further down the line. So, you know, I don't know if it was a, it was a basketball move. I think it was more to get their books in order yeah. um, as they're moving forward. So that's kind of how I thought about it. You know, the, the, the trade, but that was a good name. I, thought it was a good basketball move and a good, really good move for the Utah Jazz, but we'll get to them later. Yes, sir. Um, the Boston Celtics 
Christos Porzingis is their big acquisition of the summer, along with a, a countless amount of second round picks. Um, awful off season for Boston, in my opinion. But what do you think? You know, I think they've given up a lot of toughness in losing Marcus Smart and Grant Williams. And Jalen Brown, everyone expected to have his Supermax signed as soon as free agency began. He's still not signed it. Um, what do you think of the Celtics offseason this year? Well, I, I think time will tell. And, you know, I just happen to be a huge fan of talent and toughness. And they certainly gave up a couple of players who fit that mold. As far as my, you know, my way of looking at the game, you know, Grant Williams is a very tough player in what he does. He's, he's a very versatile defender. You know, he's really developed into a nice three-point shooter. Sometimes he can be a little inconsistent. However, I like his ability to match up, especially when teams go small. Yeah. You know, he's a he can he can play that, you know, that in-between game as far as, you know, he's he's versatile. Small enough. Yeah, he's small enough, quick enough to guard, you know, smaller players, and he's big and strong enough to guard bigger players. So, you know, he has a he has a he he brings a nice dimension to your team, right? As an undersized player who plays kind of that that whatever small ball thing that they're yeah, they the three, the play. four, and sometimes even the five. Yeah. And then now and then you talk about Marcus Smart. Well, you know, that he's a he's an elite defender. You know, I, I, I love Marcus Smart. I love what he brings, toughness, leadership, so forth and so on. So I think they're gonna miss him. Now the thing is. This is a new team. They're not the Celtics of the old. So when you look at this team, we're going to have to look at them through a different lens. They're, they're going to be a different team. They're going to play different, and they're going to have a different style of play. Now, who's going to step up and fill that void that we're, we've become accustomed to seeing Marcus step into, you know, Grant Williams coming off the bench and what he brings. So this is going to be a new new team. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who 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 – they are what they become but more importantly who's going to step up and be the leader of this group this and you know you think it was going to be jason tatum and jalen brown however you know it'll be a collective thing and how they you know how, how they're going to you know form or develop as a team but i i will say this you know without trying to predict you know who what they're going to be i think we have to allow this team to do a couple things one we're going to have to allow them to figure out the chemistry of this group because it's a, it's a new team now. You know, what they achieved the year before, the year before that, when they went to the NBA Finals, this is, this is a different group. So I don't know who this team is going to be. I like their talent. I think they, you know, as far as market value, as far as you look at the market value of what the Celtics did as compared to what the rest of the league did, yeah, I, I think they are in the ballpark. Now, how – how are Porzingis and the other guys they added to the roster going to fit with this group? No one knows. So, but we'll, we'll see. But I, I do think they added some talent to the group. However, let's see where the toughness is going to come from. And that will be displayed when, when the games start, because, you know, you can't doubt that they have talent. And I think they did a good job in free agency identifying players who fit how they want to play, which is shooting and three-point shooting so forth and so on. And if that's the case, I thought that they did a good job, but we'll see how it's going to stack up versus the rest of the Eastern Conference and hopefully for the Celtics and the Celtic fans like yourself, hopefully they'll get to the NBA Finals.
unserious is the word I used all season long, and this has been a very unserious offseason. When you look at the team who was perhaps the deepest team in the NBA last season, now when you look at their bench, Malcolm Brogdon, who no one wants to trade for because he's injured, Peyton Pritchard, Sam Hauser. Uh, I mean, you've got the time roll coming off the bench, which is fantastic, but he's often injured. And then O'Shea Brissett, Delano Banton, J.D. Davison. Is that really the depth that's going to take you to the NBA Finals? I'm not a big believer in it, PJ. But um, we're going to see how it plays out because I think this has been disastrous. And, you know, it's a new team. It's no longer the team who's made it to the Eastern Conference Finals pretty much every mm-hmm. season in the last however many years. Um, yeah, ridiculous. Let's keep it moving, though. The Brooklyn Nets, they re-signed Cam Johnson on a four-year deal. They got Lonnie Walker on a one-year deal and Dennis Smith Jr. on a one-year deal. What do you think of Brooklyn's offseason so far? Well, you know, just give guys who want to be there in Brooklyn. At this point, I, I'm not really even looking for them to make a splash. What they've been through with the last, what, three or four years since, you know, the whole thing with KD and Kyrie. It's yeah. just been a whirlwind of players and talent and James Harden and all of the things. So, you know, it's been amazing to watch how they've kind of revamped all of this, did this trade here, guys injured, and they still make the playoffs and they still figure it out. You know, that's been it's been kind of incredible. And, and you know, this kid, Mikhail Bridges, really stepped up when he was traded there. And Cam Johnson, congrats to him. So we'll see. Uh, I, I'm just, you know, I've been young people are very resilient. And I don't know how this group got through all of this, but they've been through a lot. And to give them, give them and those kids and those young people their credit for getting through this, you know, this past season, somehow figuring out how to to play and compete and do all these things. So, you know, I, you know, Jock Vaughn, congrats to him. He, he, you know, he was. You know, now he's the head coach there. He was elevated and he did a really good job. So, you know, we'll we'll see how they work out. But I thought those are good players that they picked up. Absolutely. Um, you know, they did lose a couple of guys, Seth Curry, Yuta Watanabe, uh, but I don't think they're huge losses given what they're trying to do and kind of retooling their roster. The Charlotte Hornets, obviously drafting um Brandon Miller, they extended Lamona Ball, they gave him the max extension. They got a couple of mm. other guys in the draft. They got James Nagy, a player I was, I was big on. Amari Bailey, who was a high school superstar. Nick Smith Jr. Um, they've mm. got Miles Bridges coming back. What do you think of the offseason for Charlotte? Well, you know, it's kind of, you know, they're adding, they're getting Miles Bridges back. They're getting, you know, LaMelo's coming back. Hopefully he'll be healthy. You know, he missed a significant part of the season with injuries a year ago. You know, he now he's secured his future and the future of the franchise. So we know which direction they're going in. So now the question begins, okay, now when is this going to translate to winning and how they're going to build a team around them? Mm-hmm. You know, so you no, know, here we are. And I, I think again, this is a you know, the whole Miles Bridges situation was a kind of a cloud that was hanging over the organization. And hopefully he'll figure out how to come back and 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 get people talking about his playing and all of those things. And then I think most people, most basketball people are interested to see 
what Brandon Miller is going to turn out to be, you know, what kind of player. I mean, he he's a very talented player, had a his one year in college certainly looked very promising. I mean, he's the prototypical small forward, you know, wing player in today's game. And how long is that going to take before he really is a consistent 20 plus point a game score? And cuz that's what they're looking for him to do. But I think they're a little ways off before we can start saying, you know, a playoff team, so forth and so on. But I like their talent. When you get Miles Bridges, hopefully you get LaMelo back. You get this, you put this kid, Brandon Miller, into the fold. You know, the, the future looks bright for them as far as on paper and potential. However, you got to do it. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. And I think they will be going into the season saying, how many meaningful games can they play during the course of the season? Because at you'll, the end of the year, you want yeah. them to be at least into the play-in. Yeah, play-in you, situation. you're in a situation here where you've given a guy a max extension. You can't be a max player and not be really trying to make the playoffs, or you're going to end up in a Bradley Bill kind of situation at some point. But let's talk about your Chicago Bulls. Okay. Your Chicago Bulls, BJ. Javon Carter, Tory Craig, Kobe White. Patrick Beverly returning. Ayo Desumu is a restricted free agent. I believe that. I thought Patrick Beverly was going to uh, is Philadelphia. Is he? Yeah, I thought he was going to Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, I thought so. I must yeah, have missed that. that. Yeah, you might. Yeah, you might have missed that more. You know, you're you were cooking in the kitchen that day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he's gone to the Sixers. Wow, I didn't even know. That's how long I've been out of the loop, huh? Man, call me Gordon Ramsay. I've been too locked in in the kitchen. So they lost Patrick <laughs> Beverly, but they did make yes. some nice pickups. I I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, picking up, uh, p- picking up Javon Carter and Tory Craig is really going to help their three point shooting in particular. The defense they're losing from Patrick Beverly. Tory uh, Tory Craig is a good defender, and Javon Carter is a fantastic defender. Especially when you think of those athletic guards that are going to pick guys up full court and really be dogs. I think that they've had. An okay offseason. They gave that contract to Vucevic, didn't they? Uh, what do you think about that? Right. Well, I'm not sure what this team is missing because last year they were they, they, they really struggled until Patrick Beverly came there. And then suddenly Patrick Beverly's presence and his leadership and what he brought to that team at the end of the season really propelled them into the play-in, and they were playing a different brand of basketball. Now, Patrick Beverly is not returning. So now my question, my the begs the question, well, who is this team and who is this group and who is the leader of this group? You know, you have Caruso. It seems like, you know, you know, LaMelo, not LaMelo, uh, Lonzo Ball is not going to be with us again this year. And I think they're trying to get a medical exemption, uh, exemption for him and with the Bulls. So, I'm not sure what to make of this Bulls team because they've added these players. However, the core is still there. Vucevic, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan. You know, you have Caruso is going to play a heavy minute. So, you know, I I don't know how many minutes are there for another player to contribute at this point unless someone gets injured or someone gets hurt. You know, it just seemed like they have a collection of players, but they don't seem to complement one another. You know, DeMar and Zach are going to get the majority of the shots. Vucevic is going to get his shots. And then the rest will be divided up amongst, you know, you know, the players that, you know, that are remaining in those spots. So you know, we'll see. I, I, I wasn't really excited about it. However, do I think they have NBA talent? Absolutely. 
Do I think it's in the upper echelon of the NBA? No, I don't. And I think they're going to struggle to, again, be somewhere five, six, seven, or eight. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting what they're trying to do with that team. I thought they would have moved kind of Zach or DeMar and kind of started from scratch again. But I feel like re-signing Vucevic, you've given away so many first-round picks for him. If you let him walk away for nothing, you're essentially saying, well, I messed up trading those picks for him and now we've given right. away those picks for no reason. So you can't you can't really do that without basically saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, what do you think about what's cooking over there with the Cleveland Cavaliers? Karis LeVert coming back, George Niang, and then signing and trading for Max Struess. And then, of course, all the rumors are around Darius Garland being traded and perhaps even Jarrett Allen being available for the right price. Well, you know, you have an all-NBA player in Donovan Mitchell, and then you go out and sign Max Struess. I, I, that one to be determined, you know, TBD. I, I have to see really what's going on here. And that one didn't make sense to me. Now, do I think Max Struess is a good player? Yes. But, you know, then you go back and get Karis LeVert. I'm not really sure. But I'm going to assume that there are more moves to be made to complete the roster and the roster construction of this team. So maybe if there is something there with Darius Garland, maybe this is just the first, you know, the, the first domino in the in this, you know, in the sequence of moves they're going to make. But it didn't make sense to me. Um, but we'll see. I, I mean, do I think they signed and got quality players? Yes, I do. However, it didn't seem to fit with this group and what they're going to need to assist this group, provided that they want to keep this group together. But maybe that's not the case. Yeah. Well, another team that's interesting is the Dallas Mavericks. I think they've had a really strong offseason. Seth Curry, uh, Dante Exum back from Europe, who's fixed his shooting form and he can shoot now. They re-signed Kyrie on a three-year deal. Dwight Powell's returned on a three-year deal. And then they've just acquired Grant Williams. What do you make of their offseason? I think that they've improved this roster significantly for the team that missed the playoffs. Well, I, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree. I, I, I'm not sure what's going on there in Dallas. <laughs> I, I don't know what's I don't know what's going on there, but we'll see. I'll, I'll just have to wait and see. You know, I, I, I mean, you have Luca, you have Kyrie. And then I don't where's 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 Curry and these guys going to play? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Curry, Dante, X, where where are these guys going to play? Like, I mean, all right, let's just assume let's assume that you know the the Mavericks think that Luca and Kyrie are their best players. Well, how are we going to comp- what are we going to do to compliment them? Like, how does Seth Curry? And Dante Exum compliment those guys. I don't, I don't see it, but, but may, maybe, maybe it, it's something I can't see. Um, I think both of those guys can play probably in backup minutes. Yeah, but I don't see those guys complimenting your best players who will more than likely play thirty-five minutes plus per night. Well, you hopefully you're hoping that they will be available to play that many minutes per night. Yeah. And then you have to defend. I mean, Mo, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going into it this year. I, I'm, I'm going to have the discipline to say, 
we'll see how they're going to figure out how to defend with this team. So, yeah. I, I mean, I know everyone is shooting, 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 but at some point you got to, you got to play a little defense and <laughs> I don't see how the, I don't see how those guys complement their two best players. Yeah, well, they've put an offer out for Matisse Tybal, which the Trailblazers have the option to match. If they can okay. get Matisse Tybal, I think that will help because obviously they've lost Dorian yeah. Smith. They've just traded away Reggie Bullock. So they do have, you know, some lack of depth at the wing defensive positions. Um, let's talk about the Denver Nuggets, though, BJ, because they've re signed DeAndre Jordan, Reggie Jackson, and they've added Justin Holiday, but they have lost Bruce Brown. Mm. They have lost Jeff Green. Um, oh, they lost it. Where did Jeff Green go? I believe he went to Houston. So oh, really? a lot of that veteran experience is now gone. What did he get? What did Jeff Green get? What did he I get? I think it'd be a minimum. I don't think it'd be anything crazy. I think about two, three million. Wow. Wow. Wait a minute. Jeff Green. Why didn't they sign him back in Denver? Oh, wow. He signed. Um, I was going to say uh, he had to sign more, more than a minimum. Let's have a look. I, I think it might be a one year six yeah. million deal with the Rockets. Okay. Six that, million no, for a year. So yeah, sense. more than a million. Houston have money okay. to blow. We're gonna talk about them shortly. Um, I, I think the Denver Nuggets are going to miss those two players. Jeff Green and Bruce Brown. And I think they're gonna miss those players because those are quality veteran players, those are quality championship caliber players who, especially with that team, it fit. And they were they were extended starters for them, you know, both of those guys. And they played with a lot of confidence. And the coaches, Coach Malone and those guys, they trusted them. So I think they're going to miss those two players. It's going Bruce to be Brown has some see. huge games in the finals. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they replace their – their their you know their their output i mean what they were able to do on the court so i think that's a significant blow to denver so for the rest of the western conference i'm sure they're feeling good about that but for for denver they're gonna have to figure out how to how to replace that depth because those are not one but two quality players that were in the finals rotation yeah that that depth has taken a huge hit yeah so i think it's gonna it's I think it's kind of made it much more competitive in the Western Conference now. Yeah, I think they were definitely the favorites. I think they still are. I just think they're a bit more beatable now. You know, um, mm-hmm. your Detroit Pistons, BJ, how are you feeling? You drafted Osar Thompson. Uh, you've you've got Monte Morris from the Wizards. How are you feeling about it all? I'm feeling good about the, the Pistons. And that's not just the, the Detroit Piston fan talking. I... I like what the Pistons are doing. And first, I want to start with their leadership. You know, getting Monte Williams there, I think was a, that, that, that was huge for their organization. You know, I think that's going to stabilize that position for many years. Now we have to see who these players are, right? You know, mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get Kay Cunningham back in the fold. We have to see who he's going to be and what's he going to develop. Then, you know, you had Jaden Ivey, you have Jalen Dern, you have Wiseman, you know, you got the Osura Thompson. So, you know, you have a lot of young, talented players. Now, which one of these players is going to take a step forward and separate themselves 
from the rest of the pack. That's the first thing. Like, I don't know who it's going to be, but one of them we're looking for them to, to take a step now. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's see who, which one of those young players. And of course I like the veterans, you know, Bogdan and, and those guys, uh, you know, I, I think they're quality, quality players. I like, I like the Joe Harris pickup mm-hmm. gives them another guy who can shoot space to floor, especially with their bigs, you know, um, Wiseman and these guys. So, well, let's see, you know, I, I don't know how it's going to all come together. Cause I don't know which one of these young players is really going to, to take that next step, but certainly on paper, the potential for w- whether it's Duran or Wiseman or Ivy or Cunningham, one of these guys, Thompson, one of these guys, you're hoping to take the next step. And whoever that is, I think is the Pistons could benefit for many years to come because they have a nice collection of young players, young talent right now. And it's a team to watch to see which one is going to really begin to figure out and remove that awful term that you don't want mm-hmm. going into your third and fourth year. You don't want to have the potential. To yeah. Be a player. <laughs> <laughs> well, one team on the opposite end of the spectrum is the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green returned on a four-year deal. Corey yes. Joseph moved over from the Pistons on a one-year deal. Yes. And yep. Chris Paul via a trade with the Wizards in exchange for Jordan that? Paul. We haven't even How talked about that? about that. What do you think of the Warriors? Do you think the Warriors are better now or do you think they're better last season? Well, no, I, I was thinking about the Warriors because, I, you know, I besides, I besides me thinking he is one of the best coaches in the league, if not the best coach in the league, Steve Kerr. You know, he's a he's a close friend. So I had I want to start there because, you know, you, when you have your friend, it's hard to say anything about your friends. However, I want to try to be as, you know, as, you know, I want to try to give my best assessment that I, that I can without, you know, just saying this is my friend. I think, I think coach Kerr, has come to the conclusion that the rest of the league has caught up with the style of play that the Warriors have exhibited over the last 10 years. The Warriors were so far ahead of the rest of the league when they started out in this run because they were playing a brand of basketball that no one else was playing and no one knew really how to defend it. Now, over time now, I think the Warriors are still probably an elite offensive team. However, they're not the best offensive team anymore. Yeah. They're one of the best offensive teams, especially at playing small ball. You know, just right down the road, I think the Sacramento Kings play the Warriors brand of basketball better yeah. than the Warriors we, do. We spoke about <laughs> okay. that a lot in the playoffs. Mike Brown yes. has went over there and took in the secret sauce. So, yeah, so I think the Warriors and Coach Curry, and I, and I don't know this, but if him and I happen to run across our paths, we always get into these great discussions and and I'll ask them if I have the opportunities to say, okay, what's your next brand of basketball that you're going to try to play Mm -hmm. with this group? Because no longer is Steph Curry at the, you know, when Steph Curry started, he was in the prime of his career. You know, Draymond was in the prime. Clay was in his prime and Andre Iguodala and, and Sean Livingston Livingston and all of these guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Now these guys are seasoned veterans. They're savvy veterans right now. 
So I think that Coach Kerr is saying, okay, we're going to have to play a different brand of basketball, but hopefully get the same results that we're accustomed to getting. And I think that was the whole idea with 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 uh, Chris Paul. Okay, I want to have a minimum of three guys who can initiate my offense at an elite level. Okay, you have Draymond, we know. You have Steph, mm-hmm. we know. And then all of a sudden now you have Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. So you have three guys who are elite, elite, not good. They're elite initiators of the offense. So now you have an interchangeable part. And now you have to find players which to me is the biggest, has been the biggest problem with the Warriors since Andre Iguodala's, you know, left the team or whatever he did, got traded or whatever retired he did. Retired now, yeah. Retired, yeah, he's retired. Their second unit has struggled. Yeah. So I think Chris Paul can really anchor that. Okay. I think Chris Paul's bringing him into the fold will allow them to have a guy who can anchor the second unit. Yeah, because part of part of trusting your second unit is you have to have someone there that can organize those guys because those guys don't have the same amount of touches and time to 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 be to do good things on the court as a starter. But I think Chris Paul will organize the players so that now guys like Kaminga and Moody and those guys, they can just concentrate on one thing, finish. Mm-hmm. So I think Chris, I think Coach Kerr, everyone's talking about who the Warriors were and who they've been, but secretly, I think they've they're going to change to how they play. Mm-hmm. They have to change how they play. Why? Because they're older now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and I think it's nice signing Draymond. You know, these guys get one last run at it, you know until they probably retire. Yeah, so I think that's what's going on there. I think we'll see how this works out. I think their margin of error is probably a as short as it's been in this run that they've made. However, you know, Mo, when they won the finals last time versus your Celtics, no, I don't think there there weren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of people saying they thought the the Warriors were going to win it that year. But if things fall right, they stay healthy. I think they have a shot. Chris Paul stays healthy in the playoffs. I don't believe it when I say it. Yeah. I like Bob Myers getting out of there before he had to make these tough decisions. It's obvious that the two timeline thing didn't work. Moved on from Jordan Poole. I mean, you're right. With Steph Curry, you could never count out their team. It was interesting. Yes. People thinking Draymond's going to leave, and da, 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 and he ends up staying. Shouts to him on getting his bag and staying with his with his team. I think the plan is for him, Clay, and Steph to all retire at the same time. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one. But the most interesting team in free agency is the Houston Rockets. Because they had mm. so much money, everyone was kind of waiting to see what they'd do. Mm. Dylan Brooks, four-year deal. Jeff Green, the one-year deal. Jock Landale, four-year deal. And Fred Van Vliet, a three-year deal. Now, let me ask you this, BJ. Um, the Houston Rockets have got Eamon Thompson, who they drafted, Cam Whitmore, who they drafted. They've also got Ken- Kevin Porter Jr. They've also got Jalen Green. That's a lot of young guards that they've got. Um, and now they're adding... Van Fleet and Brooks into that backcourt taking away minutes, taking away touches I know that everyone's going to say leadership and whatnot but what do you make of this? Because you've paid these guys you're going to have to give them minutes, you're not paying Fred Van Fleet all that money to not um, to not play, do you know what I mean? So do you think it's going to hurt the development of their young guys? No, I I, I don't, I, I think it's time now 
you know, Mo, I feel I have to say this on behalf of the young guys. On one hand, it's great to be a young guy coming into the league because now young guys, we give them this opportunity to develop with no responsibility to having to win. Mm-hmm. And then just how you develop good habits, you also develop bad habits. There has to be a responsibility and an accountability to win the game. There has to be. So I think now what has happened in Houston is Coach Doka has made it clear that he's not here to develop. Mm-hmm. And I love it. I love it. I, I, I Because winning ba- basketball is winning basketball. Okay? I'm not saying you can win all the games. But what I am saying is you can try to win the game. Yeah. What's wrong with trying to win? And then that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. If you want to develop, you know, that's the that's the key. So so you're trying to win the NBA. game, right? So you're trying to win a game. Yes. Let's say close game, five-point game, one minute left. So instead of having Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. in the game or Eamon Thompson, you've got Fred Van Fleet and Dylan Brooks. How is that benefiting the young guys that I just listed? By seeing it watching your on the chance, it, it, increase, it increases your chance to win the game. But how does that? I don't, I don't, how it, does that help it, you? That if 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 Jalen Green and those guys are the best players that's going to help you win, put them on the floor. Like, just because you're a young guy doesn't mean you should be on the floor. Put the best guys who can help you win the game on the floor. Doesn't matter. I, I'm 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 not biased when it comes to like. Who who's going to give us the best chance to get the shot? Mm-hmm. To make the shot, who is it? Is it is it Jalen Green? Give him the shot. Is it Porter? Get the ball to him. Now, if you're telling me that you're just going to get it to Jalen Green because you just want to get them a shot, but the best player to win the game is Fred Van Fleet, then to me that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Just give yourself every opportunity. To win the game. And whoever that is, that's who you go with. Okay. So in saying that, now you're holding everyone accountable. Because if you miss two or three of those shots, doesn't the coach have a responsibility to go to another place? Yeah. Okay. So all and if Jalen Green evolves into that player. Isn't that like what development is all about? That's that's called accountability. You don't just it. design the play because someone said they're the best player. You just you get the play to the player you think, if you're coaching, that's going to help you win the game. And and if you're a player, hey, such and such, you know, there are some players, who, you know, like Tony Kukoc, for instance, I play with here in Chicago. Tony had a knack for making end of the game shots. Yep. You don't mean it doesn't matter whether you're the best player or not. Just get the ball. This is why they call it a team. And that's called responsibility, accountability, knowing your personnel and knowing what your players can do. And like I said, we know these players have a lot of talent. But just because you're a young player with talent doesn't mean that you get a pass from being accountable too. That's not how this works. So, yeah, I I think M.A. Doka has made a huge statement. 
I'm putting the best players out there who's going to win. He didn't get Jock Londell and, and Jeff Green and Fred Van Fleet talking about we're developing. Now, I think Jalen Green and these guys are going to have to play a brand of basketball they haven't played. They're expected to win now. Mm-hmm. That, that, but you can only, t- it's like a boxer. You can only take so many hits. That is the thing that concerns me most with this, you know, trust the process type of thing. How it sounds great. It sounds great when you're in the, the, the meeting room, how you're going to tank for the three years and you're going to go through the draft and you're going to do, but what about those players, Mo, who are learning how to lose every yeah. single night? Yeah. Yeah. So you never, Mo, you never recover from that. Those players never, ever recover from that. Mm. And so again, I think this is great now that Jalen Green and Porter and all these they young get off the fight for that minutes. Now you're talking. Yes. I hear yeah. it. I see the vision. Yes. All right. The Indiana Pacers, they had a sneakily good offseason. Bruce Brown, two-year deal, Obi Toppin via a trade with the Knicks, and Tyrese Halliburton with a five-year extension. Do you think the Indiana Pacers can make the playoffs this season? Yeah, I do. I do. I do think they can make the playoffs this year. And I think with Bruce Brown and those type of players, they they added to their roster. Um, I think that's their whole idea of what they're trying to do. So I think they can. I think they're looking for Halliburton and Turner and all these guys to be. I think they're. I think they're looking for them to be consistent this year, mm. right? And then is it Matherin? I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. I think these guys are ready now. I think they're ready to take a next step. And Coach Carlisle, I think is the he's going to depend on these guys and his veteran players to really stabilize how these young guys are going to play. I think they have depth, they have talent, they got a lot of good athletes. So I think they're ready to you know make a push this year and try to get one of those four through eight spots. I think that's kind of where I'm looking at looking at them this year. I hear it. I hear it. The LA Clippers, they got KJ Martin for our trade with the Rockets. The uh, Russell Westbrook deal, two years, he returns to the Clippers, and Mason probably returns on a one-year deal. I'm happy that they kept Russell Westbrook there. I think he found a nice little niche. They obviously didn't go for Brogdon and didn't go for Chris Paul. Um, the Clippers, rumored to be shopping Paul George. Do you think that's just rumors, or do you think there's something to that? Well, at, at some point here, you... you you're the Clippers and you're going to have to address the, the, the elephant in the room, the elephant in the room, the elephant in the room, which is the following. Your best ability is availability. Now, you know, you're bringing back Russell Westbrook for all you can say about him and player. And, you know, some of it's justified and some of it is just, you know, a narrative that's, that's been out there. But no one can say this about him. That, that young man shows up to every game. Yes, hard. sir. And he's always available. So, you know, we've watched now their two best players. I mean, they're just, they haven't been available. I mean, they've been injured. I believe they've been injured. However, you know, for the type of money that you're paying them, you expect now results. And do I believe that they are looking for ways to improve their team? Yes, I do. Do I think that? Probably behind closed doors, are they a little frustrated? Yeah, I mean, they've been bitten by the injury bug. I mean, when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are available, I mean, you, you, 
I mean, some of us, myself included, I had them as the best team mm-hmm. going into the to the season last year. And then again, the injury bug hits them. So I, I just think now this team has really they're looking at themselves probably saying, okay, in a year or two, they're going to move into a new building. They have this window. You know, I think it would really, really be difficult to move Paul George. I mean, not Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. So I think Paul George may be out there. Do I think they actively shopping him? No, but I think they'll listen if there's a if, if there's a deal to be made. I think they will listen on Paul George. Mm-hmm. So that, that makes sense to me. Interesting. Well, their crosstown rivals, the Los Angeles Lakers, I believe had a fantastic offseason. Rui Hachimura, Jackson Hayes, uh, Torian Prince, Austin Reeves, who they got for a steal, uh, Cam Reddish, D'Angelo Russell, and Gabe Vincent. All on the roster now heading into next season. They got some nice depth. I think Jackson Hayes is a very promising piece to play that five next AD. Rui gives them depth in the front court. Torian Prince, that... Elite three-point shooting and some defense. Austin Reeves, who was expected to get much more money than he did, uh, took a somewhat reasonable, it was like four years, 54 million. Uh, Cam Reddish, you know, everyone's waiting for that breakout year from Cam Reddish. We'll see if that happens here. Uh, D'Angelo Russell returning and Gabe Vincent, they seem to have stolen from the Miami Heat. Miami seemed pretty confident that they'll get Damian Lillard, but that's a whole other story. What do you think of the Lakers now? Because they're going to have a whole season with this group together. I think they must be feeling pretty confident. Well, you know, the, the Lakers, what I like the what I like what they did was they all of the pieces around their two best players, you know, I thought they did a really good job. I think mean, I think all of the players that they signed that you just named were really good players to complement their star players. Now, here's the one thing that we have to say, Mo. Now, how many games are those star players gonna play? Mm-hmm. Talking about Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Nice complimentary pieces. Very nice job in roster construction. They have veteran guys. I think they complement those players. They can shoot. They have experience. They play on both sides of the ball. You know, Rui and and Austin Reeves and those guys are young enough to still play during the regular season. Then you have, you know, nice, talented ball players. Like, say what you want to about Cam Reddish. He's a talent you know, Jackson Hayes, another talented player, another active body. But here's the big question. What are we going to get out of Austin? I mean, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Because those players are good enough to complement star players. Mm-hmm. And they all play, they all know how to play with a star player. So let's see what those guys are going to do. If they can stay healthy, Mo, I like I like what they've done in the offseason. However, Mo, history, if history is any indication, Mo, it's going to be a long season. Mm-hmm. But maybe it will be different this year. You, well, I'm hoping it's different. I, I want to see these guys healthy. But I'm telling you what, Mo, I, I just don't know. Again, I, I, I say this, seem like every year, you know, LeBron's going into year 21. What am I really expecting here, Mo? Just give me what you got. And then Anthony Davis, he traditionally hasn't been healthy through the course of a, of a regular season. But, you know, on paper, it's July. Everyone's feeling good right now. It, it looks good as we speak. Mm-hmm. 
Well, the Memphis Grizzlies, Desmond Bain got that five-year max extension. They've obviously got Marcus Smart, who we spoke about after the Paul Zingas trade, and now Derek Rose. Um, I want you to take us inside the Derek Rose decision to join the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, you know, and looking at the situation there, coming from the Knicks, you know, Derek just wanted to have an opportunity to play and to find a place and, and find a home. And out of nowhere, you know, that situation presented itself there in Memphis without taking you through all the other teams. But it, Memphis was a situation where, one, they're going to need a player. They lost uh, the Tyus Jones, who's a really good player. Many people feel he's one of the elite backup players in the entire NBA. They lost him. They lost Dylan Brooks, another guard who was a starter for them. And, of course, they're going to lose – their star player, John Morant, from the first 25 games of the season. So there's an enormous opportunity. Now, what makes it interesting was they had already acquired Marcus Smart. Mm -hmm. So the three-guard rotation of Marcus Smart, John Morant, and Derrick Rose was very appealing to Derrick. And I just think it was an opportunity where, where Coach Jenkins and the staff, and they thought this would be good not only on the court, but off the court as well to bring in veterans like that. I mean, you're bringing in a former MVP in Derrick Rose, and then you're bringing in uh, a defensive player of the year and a, and a great leader in Marcus Smart mm -hmm. to go with John Moran. Okay. Those are. And there's those minutes are, there for the first 25 games. Yeah. There, there's, there's minutes there. There's, you know, it's not like he's going to come back and be ready to play 35, 40 minutes. So there will be a significant part of the season where they're, you know, they're probably going to need you know, normally, Mo, I, I like to say take the first 25 games, but this team is probably going to need 50 or so games to figure out who they're going to be. Mm -hmm. Just because their their best player is going to miss the first 25 games due to a suspension. Now, if they can get their other guys back, their bigs and all the other players, and play, Mo, I, I kind of like where this team is at. You can't forget. Now, they finished, what, second or third last year mm -hmm. in, in the Western Conference. And they added some pretty nice pieces to that already, you know, really good team. You know, they get Steven Adams and these guys get these guys back in the fold. So I like what they did. I think they added talent. I think they added toughness, shooting, the pace and the style they play. However, Mo, you know, those first 25 games are going to be tough because they're best player. Now, if they can, let's say, play 500 basketball until he gets back. I think, Mo, that's a nice shot in the arm for the rest of this team. Or, I mean, for this team. And I like what they've added to this, you know, with this group and what they've provided around Marcus Smart, you know, I mean, around John Morant. You know, I think Marcus and Derek and these guys will be very positive influences for their culture. And we don't have to recap what happened in the past. However, I think this is a nice start in the locker room for their culture and what they're doing. So, no, hopefully for them in a workout. Absolutely. The Miami Heat, this year's Eastern Conference winners, uh, NBA finalists, lost Max Struess, lost Gabe Vincent. They've gained Thomas Bryant on a two-year deal. Kevin Love returns on a two-year deal. And Josh Richardson agrees to a two-year deal. They seem to believe they're getting Damian Lillard, despite all odds, you know, giving up Struess and Vincent. If they don't get Damian Lillard, what's this team really looking like moving forwards? All right, you, you probably won't hear this too many places, but I love it when teams say, this is who we are and this is what we're going to do. Okay, like 
Like for instance, so people say, well, they lost Struess. They lost Gabe Vincent. No, they didn't lose him. They just said, listen, here's what we're doing. And it doesn't fit our timeline. Mm -hmm. I, I, I respect that. You know, I respect, I respect teams who are proactive instead of being reactive. Well, I got to keep this guy just because. No. Struess and Gabe, these guys, I'm sure when they were doing their construction, they didn't have them targeting. They didn't have the projection. Matt Struess was going to get $60 million. Yeah. <laughs> you, you follow me? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, like to me, well, that's the that's the sign of a great organization. Like you saw it in Toronto. Like, I love Van Fleet, but I 160 million wasn't in my projection. Yeah, you got okay. everyone's got a number where they walk away from the table. Yes, and, and it's not like you're losing them. You're just saying, okay, that's great. I mean, Mo, that that's great. So. I what do I think they're going to do? I think they're going to continue to do what they've always done. They identify the player they want. When that player becomes available, they go for it. Like I respect like Mo, I respect that about Pat Riley. I respect that about you know, these organizations that do that. You know, the San Antonio Spurs for instance, they do that. The Toronto Raptors just did it. You have to allow you have to stay within yourself of like saying, this is who we are. Okay. And I respect, like, I respect it. Like you, you, once you start compromising who you are, Mo, then that's where you get in trouble. So Miami. Okay. Every year they identify, okay. They identify Jimmy Butler. They're they going to find a whole bunch of undrafted guys and bring them in. Is that, is that what you're saying? I like the well, rookie they got. He was cooking that first game in summer league as well. Well, 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 listen, I, I, last year, this time, I really wasn't saying that Matt Struess and Gabe Vincent and, and what's the kid, Caleb, uh, Caleb Martin, I, those weren't the guys I were thinking was going to like get to the NBA finals. Okay. Yeah. No disrespect. I, I wasn't saying that sitting here a year ago when we were going through this list, I wasn't saying that's the list. However, what I will say, Mo is that when you do have a plan and you do identify talent and toughness, because that's their formula. Well, Mo, you know what? If you've done it once, you probably can do it again. They may have another guy that they, they may have guys right now that they like more than those guys. They're saying, well, I got another guy that's we think is it's twice as good as Caleb Vincent. Good for Caleb Vincent. Good for Max Struess. But we have other guys that, you know, that we feel better about yeah okay so you know so we'll, we'll see but i do think they are in the running for uh damian lillard they're gonna have to utilize a third team for sure to get the deal done at least i think that's what they're gonna have to do so you know but i, I respect the fact that they are sticking to their principles of who they are as an organization and and how they're gonna look to to build this out if you had to put a percentage chance on them getting Damian Lillard, what would that percentage be? I think it's 50-50. Okay. And 50%, and the reason I give it 50% because he wants to be there. However, 
you know, Mo, you got to in order to get something, you got to you, you got to be able to give something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they have enough to give. You know what what's going on? Yeah, but we'll what I do, Mo, yeah, yeah, what I do know, Mo, is this: is that you know now that the the, the trade request the trade has been requested to Miami. Now, what's the likelihood of him having to come back before a trade happens? Mm-hmm. So I think now everyone's on the clock. Yeah. I hear him. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks managed to keep the band back together. Chris Middleton, three-year deal to return. Brooke Lopez, they managed to retain him, even though Houston were going after him on a two-year deal. Jay Crowder is back. Malik Beasley is signed there on a one-year deal. And Robin Lopez, Brooke Lopez's twin brother. Are they twins? Or are they just brothers? Yes, identical, identical twins. Okay. Um, different haircuts, obviously, which makes them look very different. But they've now got the Lopez brothers. Um, the Bucks get another run at it before Giannis has the chance to, you know, start pondering the world of free agency. Would you like this for the Bucks? Obviously, I like them keeping Brook Lopez, but I thought maybe they could look to try and move Middleton and shake up their roster just a little bit. Well, I, I think they are, they, talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, are in an interesting predicament here because... You know, I, I think Giannis is coming off of, he had a little cleanup surgery this summer. Yep. Yep. It's going to be fascinating to see whether he extends or not in the fall. That to me is their moment of truth. Mm-hmm. So it's nice for them to bring the team back. I think they had the best record in the league a year ago. Mm-hmm. But they're not playing to have the best record. They're playing to win it. And Chris Middleton hasn't been healthy. And I know it's a minor surgery, but surgery is always minor. That, when that it's cleanup is they're scraping away some of the cartilage, which is causing pain. So it's not minor in terms of it has long-term repercussions. Yeah. And then everyone is aging. You know, Brooke is a year older. Middleton, and then we brought Wesley know. Matthews. Do we know Wesley Matthews? Has he signed anywhere? I haven't seen Wesley Matthews' name. I think they signed Malik Beasley. I think they signed yep. him for a year. So we'll see. I, 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 you know, look, I'm, I'm a huge Giannis fan, and Giannis, I believe. However, I don't know if this is enough because of the health. Yeah, you know, I, you know, so I have some questions here, but you know, I think wherever, if Giannis is healthy, which I'm hoping he is, they'll be fine. But do they have enough to get through the, the Eastern Conference and get to the NBA Finals? That's the question because that's any time you have a Giannis team. To me, it's the finals or nothing. So, and I think he he deserves that, and he's shown that he can respond to that. And that's and um, you know, last year he got hurt, and what are you going to do if you get hurt? You get hurt because because yeah. well, we know he's a tough kid. Yeah, Minnesota Timberwolves. Nikhil Alexander Walker returns on a two year deal. They signed Troy Brown, Shake Milton, and Anthony Edwards got the five year max. There were lots of rumblings about a potential car anti town trade. But I heard that a lot of teams. With who? Well, With this who? is this is the thing. I heard that not many teams were even in the market for Carl Anthony Towns in his contract. Um, what do you think of the Timberwolves? Because this is now year two with Rudy Gobert, and you assumed once they traded for Rudy, they'd have a bigger long term plan in terms of clearing up that front court, or are you going to make it work with Rudy and Cap? How are you looking at the Timberwolves going into this year? Well, first. You know, as you and I have said, 
you know, since the beginning of last year. This is Anthony Edwards' team. Now they've just made it official by the contract. So now it's his team. Mm-hmm. Now they're going to start having to figure out how to build around Ant-Man, you know, Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. And that begs the question, what are they going to do with Carl Anthony Towns? I, I think Rudy Gobert compliments Anthony Edwards yeah. just because of what he can do on the defensive end. However, I'm not sure where Carl Anthony Towns fits in as we speak. Yeah. Now, he was hurt. I mean, he got hurt early in the year last year. I think somewhere around November or something. And he missed a significant part of the season with a, I think it was a calf. So mm-hmm. let's see, Mo, how this plays out. Clearly, you know, on paper, they got three all-stars there. Um, on paper. Conley is still, yeah, yeah. Conley's still there, correct? Conley is still yeah. there. So, you know, they look good. Ant-Man is ready. And we'll see how it meshes together. I mean, you, you, you unfortunately, they, you know, they, they missed a significant part of the season last year playing together, but they did play, get to the playoffs and, and, and eventually lost to the, you know, to the defending the def- champions. Yeah, the, def- the champions. Um, yeah. New Orleans Pelicans, there were lots of rumblings about them potentially making a move, Zion or Ingram, to maybe Portland or something. But they remain as they were. They re signed Herb Jones on a four year deal, which was absolutely crucial to them. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. And they've got Cody Zeller from the Miami Heat on a one-year deal. Um, you think the Pelicans can make some noise? Because if you think about last season, they were number one in the West up until Zion's injury. So if he comes back healthy, do you think they can shoot up to the top of the standings again and just remind everyone what they got building? Well, again, you know, just like we said about the Clippers, you want to say about New Orleans, availability is the best ability. So if Zion... And Brandon Ingram can stay healthy. Okay, I'm interested to see how good they could be. Now, for better or for worse, they haven't been, especially in particular, Zion. Zion has been injured throughout his throughout his entire career. But Mo, if he can get back on the court, you can see how special of a talent he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a he's a real problem. Okay. He's a real, he's an offensive nightmare. It's a matchup problem. For, for any player in this league, regardless, you know, who's guarding him. But that's a big if. So let's see. And the whole B.I. comes back and he's healthy and he's out there doing what, you know, what what he what he always does. He's pushed that ball in the basket. So let's see if they can get healthy. If they can get healthy, Mo, then I think we'll be talking about the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans this year. But, Mo, we uh, – Unfortunately, we haven't had much to say because they haven't been healthy. Yep, the health is wealth. Uh, the New York Knicks, Dante DiVincenzo, four-year deal. The college teammates reunited Josh Hart and um, Jalen Brunson with their Villanova teammate. You haven't made any other moves. What do you think of the things for the Knicks so far? Well, I think the Knicks are probably being patient for what they're going to do as far as free agency, because they're, I think they're big game hunting. I think they're looking for a disgruntled star to become available. They have a lot of pieces. They have a lot of young players. You know, just a year or two ago, we were looking at the contracts of R.J. Barrett going, wow, those are big deals. But now in looking back on those deals, you're saying, 
Those are tradable contracts. So I think they have R.J. Barrett. I think, you know, Brunson, who I think is untouchable. Uh, they have him on a good contract. Julius. They have, you know, Julius Randle. You know, they have the kid uh, Robinson, Mitchell Robinson. These are good contracts. And they have draft picks and other collateral that would be needed if they wanted to trade for a player. Now, who will become available? So, you know, we'll see. I, I think they are in a great position. But who could who can they get is the question. Yeah. So I think they're just trying to be patient to see what player will become available at the right time. I mean, my hot take is uh, Donovan Mitchell, and I'll keep Garland, I'll keep Jarrett Allen, keep those guys there. And that's a, that's another conversation for another day. Let's talk about the OKC Thunder. They've got Paddy Mills. They've got Victor Oladipo. Both of those were through trades, and Jack White agreed to a two-year deal. OKC, I'm really excited to see Chet Holmgren and his rookie season. We get, I'm sure we're going to talk about that after some summer league action. But do you think the OKC Thunder are going to make it to the playoffs this season? Well, I think that's the next step. That's the next next logical step for this organization. You know, with Giddy and Williams and all of these guys. I mean, you know, the Chet watch is going to be fascinating. I mean, he if if there's any indication on how good this kid can be by watching him in his first game this year in the summer league, you're saying this kid has a real chance somewhere down the road to be a really good player. Mm-hmm. And I I just like his makeup. I like his mental makeup. Now, the question is going to be just like Victor Wimbayama because of the, the, the size of their bodies right now. If they can get past this two, three, four-year window and just take their bumps and their bruises as they go along, this kid, Chet Holmgren, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be a really, really good player. He will mm-hmm. be an all-star level player. He has he has the mental capacity to play the game at a very high level. However, his body is going to have to catch up for what he really needs to do. You, but you can tell mentally he knows what to do. His body just won't allow him to do it right now yeah. because of his size and strength. But if he can get through this mode, I think he could be, listen to this, I think he could be the best player on their team. And they have some really Oh, wow. Good and they got Shea Alexander. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's I think got he's, Josh Mo, uh, yeah. he's Mo. He's Mo. He's that impactful as a talent. However, Mo, I, I think could be he has okay a lot of work. He has a lot of, you know, Mo, like, again, he has a lot of work to do. Mm. Do I think he will be able to put up rookie of the year numbers? I don't think so, Mo, because he... You know, he's got to share the ball. I hear it. You follow what I'm saying? He's got to share the ball yeah. with Shea and Giddy and Williams and all these other guys. However, Mo, his impact on the game and what he will be able to do and play winning basketball, I think will be an invaluable lesson. Yeah. Because he's not going to be expected to have to carry a team. Well, also, he's had a year advantage of just kind of being around the league and seeing the lifestyle of how things work and – there's no adjustment period. And we've seen that in previous rookie of the year winners, you know, Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, et cetera. Well, the most surprising move for me of the summer, um, I don't know why, was Joe Ingles getting a two-year contract with the Orlando Magic. Uh, they've not made many moves. They've got Joe Ingles and they've got Mo Wagner. But uh, what do you make of what the Magic have done? They just waved Bol Bol. I know you're a big fan. And I would love yeah, the Spurs I, to pick yeah. up Bol Bol to put him next to Wembley. Yeah. I think that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> 
without knowing anything, I think Bobo probably goes to like Phoenix or somewhere because Kevin Durant's a huge fan. You know, I I, I yeah. just I don't know. Maybe that was the one day I was on Twitter and 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 I just remember Kevin Durant was just praising Bobo, right? Mm. Um well I, I think right now what the Orlando Magic is trying to do is the following. I think they they are seeing which one of these players are going to just take the step. You know, how good is this kid, Paulo Bonchero, right? How good is he? You know, uh, he's rookie of the year. Yep. It looks like he has an opportunity to be an elite player in this league. And now let's just see how good he's going to be before you start making moves, which is what's your roster. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all about Paulo right now. See how good he's going to be. And if he and 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 then you start comp and then you want to start building pieces around him, like as he, yeah, and and in those guys. But I think it's all about Paulo, and we'll see what he's going to do. So, you know, I I think they are better by not doing anything because you want to give him a chance to see who yeah. he's really going to be. So I, I I think that's kind of what they're doing right now. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers, You corrected me earlier; they do have Patrick Beverly, and just as we are recording the show, they have signed Mister Mo Bamba as well. Uh, but obviously, the oh. big story with the Sixers is James Harden opting into his contract and then demanding a trade. Do you think that there is a world where we see James Harden still on the Sixers from opening night? It has been a little while since he demanded that trade and no deal has been done. You know, Mo, here, here's the thing that's interesting is. You know, this league is a very unforgiving league. It It, it tells you what they really think about you one way or another. Yeah, it's amazing when you are one, regardless of the salary and all those things, people will figure it out. The creativity to figure out when a star becomes available. And the thing that I'm most concerned about for James Harden at this stage of his career is he's running out of places to go. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's he's running out of places to go. The money he wants. Absolutely. Yeah. So. It's been interesting to watch, Mo, because I think there's only really a couple places he can go right now. He can go to the Knicks or he can go to the Clippers. And after that, Bo, I don't know where else he can go. Yeah. And he was thinking of Houston, but they gave the money to Fred Van Fleet instead. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where he can go. And it's going to be fascinating to watch. Do I think there's a scenario where he might have to come back? Yeah, I do. Because, well, where can he go? Like... Well, I, I'm assuming that him and Duro Morey are still on good terms. <laughs> I know Duro would, would pay him. I know Duro would pay him. Yeah. But maybe, Mo, maybe ownership is saying, no, we're not going to pay him. Yeah. Because they're going to have to pay Tyrese Maxey. Yep. And... So maybe that's what they're saying. I don't know, Mo, but it, it, it was a little odd for me, you know, but I, I'm not surprised knowing what I know about this about this league, because now if you're going to get a player like that with these new rules, new collective bargaining agreement that's coming into play, I think it's going to be difficult for him to find a home. But is it impossible? No. But I think it's going to be very difficult moving forward. The Phoenix Suns, obviously we spoke about Bradley Beal joining their team. Um, they managed to re-sign Damian Lee and Josh Okogi, but then... They did a decent job in the first hour of free agency. Yuta Watanabe, he shoots 50% from the corners. He's played with Kevin Durant before. They got uh, Metu from the Sacramento Kings. They got Eric Gordon, uh, an absolute steal of a pickup. They got Eric Gordon. 
um, who's wanted to be a Phoenix Sun for a very long time, if you remember his time with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, uh, Keita Bates-Diop, who had a very good season last year that went under the radar. They got Drew Eubanks. So do you think now that... I, I feel like the Suns did as well as they possibly could do, given their available resources after the Beal trade. Do you think that's fair to say? Yes, Mo, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think they did under the circumstances that they're in. I mean, they, now it's just... It's just money now. It's economic. So based on what they have available, I think this is probably as well as they could have done in free agency. Yeah. And the team that everyone wants to talk about, or the player that everyone wants to talk about, is Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. Jeremy Grant got that five-year huge contract. And then Damian Lillard came out and said that he's demanding a trade to only the Miami Heat. Now, BJ, I've got to give a little bit of rant here because I'm sick of this. Free agency is the time in your career where you decide which team you want to play for, right? Your contract is up. You have your choice of every team in the NBA that's willing to pay you the salary you think you deserve. You can go and sign with any of them. If you take a deal with a team, you sign that Supermax deal with a team, you can't then go out and say, I want to be traded here and nowhere else. Unless you've got a no trade clause like Bradley Beal. You can't do it. Honor your word. Be a man of your word. If you talk about loyalty and how much you love Portland and whatnot, why on earth would you, Mr. Loyalty, Mr. I wouldn't run from the grind, even though I'm going to go and team up with two guys on a Supermax, uh, on a max contract, why would you demand to only be traded to the Miami Heat when that is clearly not the best return that Portland could get in a trade for yourself? I think that is ridiculous what this guy is doing. I, I, I don't really have much more to say other than it's completely embarrassing and completely ridiculous. But I want to know your take on it. I don't have a problem with anyone in a negotiation making a request. However, I do have the right to say no. Yeah. Okay. And one of the things I learned as an agent and when I... And I learned it as an executive. A negotiation doesn't start until one person says no. Yeah. So, yeah, he has the right to make a request. I don't have a problem with that. But I also have the right to say no. This is what we're going to do. Damian Lillard should request to do the, the best thing for Damian Lillard. I respect that. Mm -hmm. But the Portland Trailblazers should also do the best thing for the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah. And I think if I were a player, I would respect that too. And then, Mo, in the negotiation, you try to find a happy medium. So I don't have a problem with that. I think both parties have to do what's best for them. That's to me, is the best plan of action moving forward. And then you try to figure out the best deal. So, yeah, you, as a player, you should, you should ask for the best deal for you. That makes the, sense. <laughs> the reports are coming out that he's adamant to only play for the Miami Heat and he's prepared to sit okay, out until he gets what he that's, wants. That's, that's childish. Fine. He can, okay, he's prepared. Mo, he's prepared. <laughs> Mo, that's a lot of money to mm -hmm. sit out. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's a lot of money to sit out. And now that the now that the request has been made for the trade, okay, now you got to figure it out. And we'll see what happens. Well, they've got Scoop Henderson. They've got uh, Shayna Sharp. They've got Anthony Simons. They've got good pieces 
to build around over there in Portland. So, you know, I hope they do the deal that's best for the teams. One thing I do respect about Damian Lillard is he made sure his boy got paid before he said he wanted to leave because Jeremy Grant getting that <laughs> five-year deal, I mean, fair play. I mean, fair play to him. Um, and Dame waiting until after that to saying that he wants to leave. Cool. Because there's no way on earth, I think, that the Portland Trailblazers pay Jeremy Grant all that money had they known Damian Lillard was going to ask out immediately afterwards. Uh, the Sacramento Kings, Alex Len and Trey Lyles return. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, multi-year extension. And Sasha Vezenkov, EuroLeague MVP, joining the Kings. I like what the Kings are doing. They've also got Chris Duarte in a trade from the Pacers, I believe. And they have um, Keegan Murray, who's was a rookie last season. He's playing in the Summer League. And he, I believe, can take a step up in his development. Always makes me laugh when I think about Talon Horton Tucker, who was a sophomore in the NBA and turned up to Summer League as if he was a veteran in the league. And he was just going around shaking hands with people watching, sitting next to LeBron. Uh, shout out to Keegan Murray for putting in that grind, despite being playing in the playoffs. I like what the Kings have done. A lot of people are expecting them to go after Kyle Kuzma, but I think their ethos of developing from within and then adding, you know, a very valuable player from Europe um, is is going to be an interesting season for the Kings because last year they had the surprise factor. Where do you see the Kings finishing this year? Well, I, you know, last year they kind of hit, hit everybody, you know, they took everybody by surprise. I don't think anyone expected the Kings to be where they finished at just a year ago, and they were terrific. I mean, they played... They were, I don't know what the stats say, but they had to be one of the fastest teams in the NBA on the offensive end. That's what happens when you got De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox was simply sensational. I mean, very deserving to be an all-NBA player. Sabonis was great. I mean, they just, everything clicked for them. Now, now, you know, they're not going to sneak up on anybody. Mm -hmm. I would have liked to have seen them get bigger up front with a shot blocker and, and add to that. I expect their players to come back better. Like you mentioned, Keegan Murray and these guys, I expect these guys to come back better. However, Mo, you know, those, you know, it's really hard to duplicate, you know, what they did a year ago. I mean, everything went right for them. They were healthy, you know, Mike Brown, coach of the year, unanimous. I mean, I don't know if he was unanimous, but he was clearly the best coach last year he just everything went right for him so we'll see how it works out i do think i expect them to make the playoffs am i expecting them to play at the same pace they did a year ago no i'm not expecting that but i i do expect this team to be very very competitive and if they're going to take that next step well they're going to need an unlikely contribution from somewhere that we're not thinking about right now mm -hmm. and there's a there's a couple of areas for them like one being able to defend on the wing, to, I think is going to be, you know, that's one thing I think maybe Keegan Murray and these guys will, will step up. But I would like to see them get a, a rim protector. Mm -hmm. You know, Sabonis was a, was a you know, he as a, playing the center position. He was an all-NBA player. However, I really would like to see him once the playoffs begin to be able to move over to that four and exploit that position as well. Yeah. Because he's not really a rim protector. So, but, I mean, they were great. What can you say? I mean, what a fun time to be. I mean, the whole the whole like the bean theme was fun. You think they'll great. keep it going this year? You think that's just going to go on well, forever I, now? I think, I think it's 
it's like one of those things. I, I if I, I think it's really fun. Like I honestly, more I got I kind of got into it. I must admit, you know, I'm I'm not a gimmick person. You know what I mean? Real name, no gimmicks. Yeah, but that was one of the gimmicks. I was like, you know what? That's a nice touch, and people would hang around after the game just to see the beam. So I thought it was cool. It's like one of those things, and they start talking about it on TV. And when you were winning, you know, the players, the visiting team kind of got into it. You know what I mean? A little trash talking. So I mm-hmm. thought it was a, a pretty cool thing for the league and, and, and the Sacramento Kings. Absolutely. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs won't talk too much on them because we're going to talk Wemby a whole bunch after Summer League. Toronto Raptors, Jakob Pertl returns on a four-year deal. Dennis Schroeder, two-year deal to replace uh, what they lost in Fred Van Fleet and Jalen McDaniels, a two-year deal. Not to be confused with Jay Dern McDaniels, um, who's obviously on the Tim Wolves. The Raptors, do you see them moving off Siakam and OG and kind of rebooting? Because they're stuck in this middle ground. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of what they're doing, but what do you think? Well, as you look at their team, you look at their current roster, they're kind of stuck in the middle of the pack. You know, Siakam and these guys are just good enough to keep them in the middle of the pack. So I think at some point here that they will make a decision to rebuild around Scotty Barnes. And I think they will at some point decide to trade Siakam and these guys. I think that's kind of where they're at because how are you gonna how are you gonna get that high draft pick, right? With Siakam and these guys, because those guys are just good enough to keep you hovering around the seventh A spot. Mm-hmm. So I think at some point they probably will make that decision. I think the Van Fleet thing probably was something they weren't counting on to thinking that someone was going to give him that type of money. So I think financially they'll have to probably regroup and figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. But I think a lot of it really depends on the development of Scotty Barnes. I think he is the key player to say, is he good enough to rebuild around when I say good enough? Yeah. To be one, if not their best player, you know, certainly their second best player. And if they make that determination, I think they'll move off of Siakam and the other guys and then really start a full rebuild. But I don't think they're ready to do that right now. I hear it. The Utah Jazz, uh, Jordan Clarkson, three-year extension, and they acquired John Collins. They've been after John Collins for a while, and they managed to get him for pennies on a dollar because the price that Alanto originally wanted, like, what was it, three years ago when they originally wanted him, compared to now where it was Rudy Gay and, and a second-round pick, Um Danny Ainge must be pretty happy about that, right? You know, great job by the Utah Jazz. You know, that's not a free agent destination. For them to get John Collins, that is their free agency. Jordan Clarkson, a a really nice player. I think that was a a great player for them to be able to retain. So that says a lot about, think about that. You know, you're retaining a player of his caliber there in Utah. Mm Mm-hmm. And then their future looks promising with Kessler and Laurie Marketing and all of these guys. So I love who they picked in the draft. You talked about sleepers. I thought the kid um, from Central Florida that they that they drafted, uh, I think with the 10th pick. Hendricks, number nine overall. Yes. And yes, then Keontae George, 16th overall. Ten, yes. I think those were really good, two good players. So Danny Ainge right now is um, – you know, if he was a player still, he you'd say he's on fire. He's hot right mm-hmm. now. He's he's he really has a thing score. So the Utah Jazz right now are in really good position. Great pickup, great basketball pickup. I thought financially 
to have a player of John Collins caliber to step in. And now you have him under contract. Great job. And if I believe he was born in Utah, if I, if I, I think I read that somewhere. So, um, you know, I think it's a great job by the Utah jazz. I I'm really excited to see about this team, about where they're going to take the next step. So it's a really exciting time to be a Utah jazz fan right now. He was born in Layton, Utah. That is correct. Um, the Washington yeah. Wizards, the final team. It feels like we've been recording no. this forever. Uh, the Washington Wizards, uh, Landry Fields, Danilo Gallinari, Tyus Jones, Mike Muscala, and Chris Paul, although they shipped him out. They drafted Bilal Kulabali, who's going to be a long-term project, but he can be really good, and Tristan Vukic. They're going all international on us. Um, they re-signed Kyle Kuzma, and obviously now they swapped Chris Paul for Jordan Poole. Tank, what is this? Um it, what is, do you think they signed Kuzma well, so they I, could I, trade I think, him down the yeah, line? I think right now where they are at is they are getting their books in order to take advantage of the new collective bargaining agreement. I think they have Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole on contracts that are both tradable contracts. I think there will be teams will figure out how to add a player like that. And I think the Washington Wizards are getting themselves in position to really get themselves deeply involved in the draft in the draft process. So I think it's clear what they're doing. Clearly they didn't want anything back for Bradley Beal. They didn't want anything back for Porzingis. If they were going to retain Kuzma, he was probably, you know, get on a, 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 I'm going to say a team friendly contract, which is a tradable contract, you know, a nice contract for him uh, to get paid, secure his future. However, by NBA standards, that's a very tradable contract. So we'll see what these guys are going to do moving forward. But I think Jordan Poole and and Kuzma right now, um, you know, is at the right time, those guys will be moved and they'll be looking for draft collateral to get back in exchange. Well, that's all 30 teams in the NBA that we've gone through. Um, which team, if you had to pick one, had the best offseason so far? The San Antonio Spurs. They got Victor Wimbanyama. No, no, no. <laughs> After the draft. So free agency and trades. That doesn't count. Victor Wimbanyama. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking free agency and trades, not the draft. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking free agency and trades. It's That's it. They get They have perhaps the best player in the league on a rookie contract. There's nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. They're like... They, Rookie contracts are the best contracts, okay? Once you start paying these players, a la LaMelo Ball, now (laughs) they have to perform. Mm -hmm. LaMelo Ball, LaMelo's healthy, playing. What do you say? Hey, no one's arguing whether he's a max player or not. However, you have to perform and you have to be available. So... You're asking me who I think is the, the the best in free agency? It's for the Spurs. They've okay. done nothing. I'm all about this. I'm all in on the Spurs for the next 20 years. Okay. Everything will be about the Spurs, free agency, so forth and so on. However, once you you're off the rookie scale, Mo, you have to show up. Mm-hmm. And then, Mo, that to me is the literally the million dollar question. Mm-hmm. We're not you. 
All these players deserve what they got. All of them. Every single one of them. However, Mo, which one is going to perform at that level? Now, that's that's the that's the question we're all trying to... Which one is going to perform at that level? Well, PJ, you're going to get a first look at it when you're off to Vegas. So safe yes. travels over there, my friend. Enjoy the summer league. Um, everyone listening, thank you for tuning in with us. Make sure you subscribe. We'll be back in just over a week. And we'll be bringing you regular episodes once more. So stay tuned, stay ready, and most importantly, get buckets.